0: You're listening to Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence. I'm Crystal High Taylor.
1: And I'm Breon Wells.
0: So today's guest on Leverage is the one, the only, the incomparable Mr. David Morgan. David, how are you today?
1: I love that introduction I'm doing.
0: So listen, I know that we're going to spend some time talking about one of your latest ventures. And I say latest because um, the Multicultural Media Correspondence Association is still not quite five years old yet. But do me a favor and tell the audience a bit about yourself, but also how MMCA came to be.
1: Sure. um, I'll take it back. I grew up in... um Brooklyn, New York, in a community called Brownsville, um, most famous for two phenomenal heavyweight boxers, Mike Tyson, Riddick Bowe, um, went off and uh, had a Ivy League um, education, um, spent most of my professional career in D.C., both in the policy space, as well as a law firm in corporate America, as well as an entrepreneur. So I've pretty much done everything. Um, but really what has cut across that entire um, my professional career is my inability to see and know the challenges that my community is going through and look away so I've always always had an eye and how I can marry what I do professionally with that level of community support and give it back um, as my driving force
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm and so as part of that thinking about you know kind of your desire to stay connected to the community and things that are going on. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting to me about this idea of a multicultural media correspondence association and the various events, right, that you've produced and the different spaces you've created around that is that I think you've developed this understanding of how important the media is in telling our stories. What What's some of the Driving force behind your creation of the Multicultural Media Correspondents Association.
1: Yeah, no, I think, Crystal, you framed it perfectly. Um, the media, mainstream media, remains the most influential source of news and entertainment for most Americans, and it has unparalleled, unparalleled power, as you know, to dictate how what people think and how people feel. So, who owns the media controls the stories how they get told, and who tell them. And that is actually, in my opinion, um, put us in a situation where we see a media diversity crisis that has really serious economic, social, and political implications, not just for community of colors, but I think for all Americans. So let me just throw out a couple stats. Um, First, though over 40% of the population, people of color have no ownership in an industry that controls over 20% of the economy. We still see that, you know, 50 years after the Kerner Commission report highlighted the media's role in social unrest, we still see that um, media misrepresentation and bias in the media is still fanning the fuels of, you know, fire and hatred in our community. You can see this by the ongoing hostility between law enforcement and black and brown communities you see it between the friction between the working class and social elites, and also the growing antipathy towards um, immigrant groups. And as a dad of a little black boy, I think not seeing positive stories about their community is potentially killing the aspirations of uh, black and brown people across this country. So that's why I believe media diversity, such an important issue, especially going into the 2020 elections.
0: Interesting. And so on this vein of increasing or improving media diversity, what role do you see the Multicultural Media Correspondents Association playing? Like kind of what's the vision for that organization and how do y'all um, feel positioned to help change some of this uh, media diversity crisis?
1: No, Thank you so much. Um, as you uh, lay out, let me be clear where we view this as a call to action. Um, when we launched this four years ago, and we are doing everything we can to sustain it. And we're super excited that our tribe is growing stronger and more powerful and our message is becoming more sheer, sharp and crystal clear and I think cutting through the noise. Specifically, there are three areas that we're focusing our attention. First is regards to sort of making this a priority issue and building public awareness, not just in the general public, but also on Capitol Hill. And so we've been in- very directly um, building champions on Capitol Hill that we're super excited about. And as you know, um, over the last four years, quite a few powerful members of both the CBC, CHC, and also the uh, APAIC, the um, um, Asian Pacific American um, organizations have joined on. And this effort is bipartisan. The second is we wanted to be in the solutions business. As you know, no one invests in problems, uh, they invest in solutions. So we've been hosting a series of panel discussion, bringing together experts, and um, wanted to position ourselves as a trusted convener a bridge to bring the sides together for solution-focused discussions. Thirdly, what we think is most important We believe ownership and helping the next generation of media influence of a color is a key part of this strategy. So we have launched uh, and and we are gonna be rolling out our next gen Big Blake influencer program that will, in addition to providing information, we'll also be providing resources and we'll be launching later this year pitch competition to provide critical financing to what I think is a barrier for a lot of the next gen um, of creators. So those are our three primary focus. And we think um, if we keep at it, we'll move the needle.
0: I definitely think you're onto something with all of this. And you know, what's interesting, I know that y'all have some very exciting programming coming up um, even before the end of the year, right? You have um, your multicultural uh, dinner, right? The awards dinner, and then you have a conference coming up, right? Can you tell, tell us a bit more about what these activities are?
1: Super excited. So, on July 9th, we'll be hosting our fourth annual multicultural media correspondence dinner at the National Press Club. It's a uh, gathering of about 250 key stakeholders, both in the media as well as in the policy space, where we get together. To honor media luminaries and to highlight the need for ongoing, uh, increased diversity. This year, we'll be pleased to honor, um, Tom Joyner, um, Congresswoman Val Demings, um, a local, uh, news star, Un Yang, as well as Veronica Villa of Media Moves and Parker Morse of a digital media platform called H Code. And also we have Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley hosting, so we're going to have a great time, um, at what we're our um, multicultural version of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. But as you correctly highlighted, the next day on Capitol Hill, we're getting down to work with those solutions I talked about. We'll be hosting our first ever Media Diversity Innovation Summit on Capitol Hill. It's going to be an all-day event. We'll have four or five panel discussions, a couple um, fireside chats, um, we'll have media stakeholders in the ownership space, in the corporate um, executive suite. Uh, we'll have pioneers such as Ellen Zia, Dorothy Gillum, giving their overall perspective. And we'll end actually with a great fireside chat with the distinguished Robert Brown, who, as you know, was the comm director, both for Dr. King, as well as President Nixon, and an advisor mm-hmm. to movement's president since. And he'll be sitting down with one of my favorite um MSNC contributors and professor, uh, Dr. Eddie Glaude Jr., um, for a really great discussion. Mm -hmm. So we're super excited about that, but that's not it. We're actually closing the summit with a reception at the Capitol View to honor media journalists of color and members of Congress of color, to highlight all they're doing on behalf of the American people and reinforce what is our call to action, which is to make sure That the coverage of the 2020 election reflects the diverse electorate that recently elected the most most diverse Congress ever. Mm
0: Mm hmm. Let let me ask you, you know, so what's interesting to me about um, MMCA and the different projects y'all have overtaken is that you had the benefit of launching, um, you know, in the last two years of President Obama's terms. And now you've had the last two years, right, of President Trump's uh, first two years in office. Have you felt a noticeable shift in the ways that people um, either value or the way they perceive, um, multicultural media? And do you feel as if, you know, now even more than ever, there's an awareness or understanding about just how important it is to have a diversity of voices at the table, you know, both b- in front of the camera and behind the scenes?
1: Yeah. So, um, we're definitely in a better place than we were when we started, but we still have a long way to go. If you think about it, um, we just recently watched the uh, debate, and I was pl- pleased that when I looked at the moderators, I saw a black man, a Latinx man, and a woman moderating a debate mm-hmm. on stage with a, a diverse, excellent um, state of can- uh, slate of candidates, which to me was just phenomenal. We've also seen recently um, a plethora of um, scripted films on a big screen with diverse content, um, diverse messaging. So we're clearly making strides there. And as I mentioned, I think the level of awareness on Capitol Hill about this issue has gone up tremendously um, since we engaged um, four years ago on the set-top box. Uh, Recently, as you know Mm -hmm. this year, there was legislation that was authored by Congresswoman Demings, uh, amazing Democrat out of Florida, Uh, that reaffirms Congress's commitment to media diversity and pledged to working with groups like ours and the media industry to come up with common ground Mm -hmm. solutions. So we are making progress. However, we still have a long way to go. We're still losing a lot of local uh, news outlets. Um, The NNPA and NABJ are still sort of working really hard, but they're quite candidly swimming uphill. And so a lot still needs Mm -hmm. to be done.
0: So what would you, if, if you could, you know, offer forth, right, this, this call to action, right? Because I think you make this great point of there are a lot of different ways in which the questions surrounding media diversity can be impacted today. If there was, say, one thing that you really wanted folks to understand about this moment and how important it is uh, to get engaged in in, you know, kind of these conversations around media diversity, what, what might that one thing
1: be? So this is the thing I want people to reflect on. And my board members always brings this up and I, I, it kind of fuels me and it makes, it fuels my resolve. Who owns the story controls, who wins and who loses politically, Mm -hmm. economically, and socially. Now that we're going into this incredibly decisive election with a change in demographic, so polarized, not really focusing on the role that media will play on sort of the level of social competency, cultural competency in our country would be sort of harmful for everyone. So what we're mm-hmm. asking is for everyone just to uh, affirm that you will do a little bit more than you're doing right now. As simple as log on to www.mmcadc.org, finding more uh, out more about what we're doing or following us on social media at mmcadc.org to help us build a community and to continue to drive our agenda forward. So we everyone could do a little bit more and just understand the seriousness and just pledge to do more and let us be a bridge to helping that come to fruition. Again, it's www.mmcadc.org. And if you're in the media business, please, um, while you're there, sign up for our media directory. So we will know who you are and we will make sure we help you get your big break.
0: Awesome. So one last question really quickly. If people are interested in attending the dinner, um, the summit or, or the reception, are there tickets still available? And if so, where would they find them?
1: So um, let me go into the positive news. We encourage everyone to come to the summit, which is really easy. Just log on to our website at MMCADC.org and click on register and you can register for the summit. There's still tickets available for everyone involved in the media and the political space, if they want to attend the summit. Um, and I think you can access it through the website or, or, um, or I'm sure um, at www.mmcadc.org. Um, the dinner, unfortunately, um, like the White House Correspondents' Dinner, is always <laughs> over slide, and it's not available. However, my team tells me that a lot of it will be, Um, live cast. Um, I know that um, one of our partners, the DC Film Office, will be covering the red carpet. And I believe a lot of our local news partners will be showing footage. So we will definitely try to let the magic get out to the public. Um, But we, more importantly, this is an ongoing effort. So just join, follow us on social media. You'll hear about what we're doing. And please log on to our website at www.mmcadc.org to find out all of the things that we're doing to move the needle on Ruby university.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward to hearing about how everything goes and continued success on all your amazing work. You've been doing some great stuff and I'm really proud of you.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate the chance to chat with you and your audience.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, David. Talk to you later. You're listening to Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence.